0: Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us here at Cloud Wars Live, where we explore today's digital business revolution by speaking with business executives and thought leaders who are profoundly changing how the world works, lives, plays, learns, and dreams. Our guest today is Ganesh Kumar, Senior Executive Vice President of Oriental Bank, where Ganesh is leading an aggressive digital transformation initiative. Ganesh, thanks very much for joining us. Ganesh, the banking world that you're in so many changes so many rising expectations from consumers You've got regulatory issues to think about. You've got technology issues coming into this. Where do you get started on this, and what's been going on with your bank?
1: Well, uh, as you might have known, uh, Puerto Rico is a very well-developed financial market. Uh, At one point in time, we had multinationals from Spain and as well as from Canada. We had uh, eight branches. Now we are whittled down to sort of three plus two. When I say plus two, they are multinationals which have lost interest to the market. So it's a very highly saturated market and our challenges are a little bit more magnified because we are an island and uh, we are competing for the same sort of people that uh, that's in the island. As a challenger brand, we have sort of embarked on a path to differentiate ourselves from traditional banking. how do we do so you know you might have heard from other banks on convenience play right so that's the angle that we also caught on but the way we like to do it is we want to make the banking more easy more convenient but at the same time we want to add value to the relationship so in other words you know we don't want to be sitting in the branch and taking your request but you should be able to do that most of it on your digital platform and while we use our resources to provide Bob you know you have this Money sitting over here. Do you want to invest? What are your life goals? Those kind of things. So, our background has been, you know, we do have a bank and we also have a broker-dealer advisory firm, and also insurance. So it's all of a full spectrum of products. How do we bring those full spectrum of products? I think you asked the question of where do we start, and uh, yeah. you know, um, I always look at it from a Venn diagram perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, if I do something from for the for the customers it needs to be profitable for the banks Mm -hmm. and meet bank's objective, if not the profit, long-term growth or something like that. So it's the same thing with the regulatory aspects as well. You know, we do not take any regulatory initiative or project as a regulatory project. Like for instance, we are now looking into refining our approach doing BSA AML, which is a hot button topic. Mm -hmm. But if you just approach that as a regulatory effort, it becomes, you know, no-win situation for the bank but at the same time, it captures a lot of information about the customers, mm-hmm. right? So that wealth of information, how do you tap into that and and utilize that for the business is what differentiates us from, from other institutions that might approach this. This is a regulatory project. This is a web project for the customer or this is a banking internal project. So I think the clear set of guidelines for us is uh, you know, really that Venn diagram, you know, I keep saying that. And uh, whenever I go into a meeting, they always draw a Venn diagram on the whiteboard and, and make fun of me. But uh, <laughs> but I'm a big fan of that.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, it sounds like that's more and more in today's world how things have to be viewed and not this sort of Newtonian or just linear progression of things. They're interrelated and interdependent.
1: Correct. Yeah. And as a banker, uh, you know, all bankers would say they are not a big fan of reg- regulatory Regime, which is partly true, but at the same time, if you do what's best for the customers, the regulation should matter a little bit lesser mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. It's not so onerous to follow, yeah. and if you are not taking that step proactively, regulations would would push you to take that.
0: Yeah. Right? So, Ganesh, could you uh, talk a little bit more about what you had said a, a minute ago about consumers today expect a banking experience to be convenient, yeah. and you want to go beyond that. Yeah. So when you go beyond. What does that mean for the consumer? Like for instance,
1: I think, what is the role of the bank? Mm-hmm. The role of the bank is needs to change, right? It cannot be, a, you know, you, we are gonna set up uh, points of uh, presence and for every, each and every transaction, so you either call into the bank or you have to come to the branch and make you do those things. You know, in, this, in these days, the same consumers are the ones who are experiencing the convenience of Amazon and all the other products, mm-hmm. and they start. Personally, I would expect the same thing from our bank too. Mm-hmm. So, if I had some, so, you know, things that I need to do as part of, you know, day-to-day, you know, leading my life and utilizing bank's product, I should be able to tap into those services where I want. Not necessarily get on a car and yeah. and 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 uh, use the gas and <laughs> drive to some location for 15 minutes and wait in the line for 15 minutes. So, what we're trying to do is to push out. not one vendor provider isn't going to give you that kind of solution because then everybody would have it right so you need each bank needs to approach it in a different way so what we are doing is we are prioritizing where we see traffic foot traffic and we sort of look at the customer engagement as value-added interactions and non-value-added interactions Mm -hmm. non-value-added interaction is where customer you know, gives up a little bit of his convenience, comes to the bank to, to get things done that they need not have come, you know, into into our bank. Value-added transaction is I'm calling Bob proactively and you know, it's a six-monthly conversation or a three-month conversation to see whether you're achieving your financial goals, the bank is treating you well, those kind of things, right? Mm-hmm. It can be even tactical. It can say, Bob, yesterday I found that uh, your credit card was uh, denied. Or debit card was denied is there anything that i'm sure you you know you solve the problem is there anything that we can do to prevent that so those are value-added interactions so we acutely kind of look at the engagements and classify them unfortunately we are heavily weighted towards non-value-added transaction. Our digital transformation is a path that we've taken to get from here to here, right? Mm-hmm. So so I think that's kind of clearly gives us a, a litmus test for what initiative to pursue. We're not writing science projects over yeah. here, right? At the end of the day, yeah. and that's where it fits into the Venn diagram that yes. I told you about. Yes. Um, so, you know, ultimate thing is if there's a call center for 150 people, can you reduce the call volume so that you can run the call center, if need be, in a different way with a yeah. lesser awesome number of people. What does that provide for for the consumer is you are eliminating the need to call in. Mm-hmm. So, so it, it's a double play, and that's I think that's our sweet spot.
0: Yeah. So, Ganesh, digital transformation—a term that's widely used, sometimes overused or misused—but clearly, from a couple of things you've said here, it's at the heart and soul of what you're doing. Could you talk a little bit about that journey?
1: Sure. And as I said. We are not a big fans of buzzwords and uh, when people talk about, uh, vendors talk about Omni Channel, this, that, and you know, as we sort of roll our eyes primarily because what they might be referring to is probably a good case study to read, mm-hmm. but not necessarily good for the bank, yeah. right? So again, you know, I, uh, you will know at the end of the, this conversation, I re- you reuse the word Venn diagram uh, again and again and again, right? One is bank profitability, the other one is customer convenience, and I need to be able to do operational efficiencies, third aspect of it. So obviously, uh, we need to we need to hit on all those things. The sweet spot is where you know I I have to be all the time. I'm not going to do you know most of the customer innovation projects. If you look at it. They get carried away with all these newfangled things coming in. Yeah. Like, for instance, can I ask my Amazon Echo to do check my balances? Really, um, we we've done few of those things too, mm-hmm. but we're not very shy to sort of pull the plug on it. Mm-hmm. For instance, uh, you know today we have a feature called uh, cardless cash access, which was widely received, you know widely publicized, and it was the talk of the town. So that feature we publicized because it showed our sort of digital edge. You know, we used it for marketing purposes. Unfortunately the adoption levels were pretty low. Yeah. So what do you do? So in this you know, when you're doing something new in transformation, I do believe that you should not shy in experimenting, but at the same time you should be disciplined enough to roll back some of these things and focus on the core things the customers are accepting. Yeah. And so we are at a point in time we have to evaluate what the adoption levels if whether we can improve. If not, does it take us to the next level of to achieving that transformation so the question the, the thing that you asked me is uh, digital transformation everybody talks different stories but I think you know we have in in Spanish we summarize the value proposition for our customers and it's called rapido facile hecho. rapido is fast facile is easy mm-hmm. and echo is done right mm-hmm. so we take the same mantra and apply it internally. As well. You know, for instance a workday implementation. What do we want? you know, people would say it's the same thing, right? Any different tasks that you take, performance appraisal or benefits enrollment, we want rapid facility. Mm -hmm. So that's how we've sort of made it a little bit easier for people to say, Is it easy? It is done, you know,
0: that kind of thing. Those three pieces fit almost into a Venn diagram. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
1: (laughs) It's by intention and design.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So Ganesh if you would to talk a little bit about the role of technology in this and you know you've got a sort of a sweeping set of responsibilities the strategy the transformation here a number of things in some ways technology is indispensable to that but yeah. do you think sometimes do people get carried away a little bit of what you were just saying with what technology can do yeah. versus what it should do Technology is very hard to get it right right mm-hmm. I mean you know
1: obviously in banking we provide I don't want to mention the name but you might have heard this because you've been around you know the banking yeah. sector for a while uh, banking is nothing but bits and bytes you might it might resonate who it is and we can talk about it later <laughs> uh, that sort of drilled down I heard this when I was 20 years old and that sort of drilled into my mind uh-huh. well you can provide banking you know anywhere right value add comes from people and and there are a lot of people out there business you know business community and consumers alike they need help managing their finances mm-hmm. and to us i think the most important thing is to eliminate as you said non-value-added transaction because when i started you know with the bank most of the branches we had we grew up to 65 branches and then we cut back to 38 branches mm-hmm. primarily because we realized most of them come there for very mundane transactions you know check deposit Bill, this, that, which they could have done. So, mm-hmm. so for us, I think the first start, first effort is getting the technology right in addressing those things that we can we can address, we can position as co- value add for the customers. Yeah. You know, con- convenience play or value add. Yeah. And then, to me, I think the technology. If we focus, if you have such a razor focus objective, you can get things done. But if you are creating a platform to achieve things, that things that you don't know of. Mm-hmm then that's when people run into problem of overscoping it, getting all the things wrong and those kind of things. So we've always been a big fan of when we implement, we have core set of objectives to be clear on what we need to achieve out of that, mm-hmm. at least for the next year or so. Mm-hmm. We cannot crystal ball five years because right. things change. <laughs> but at least for next 12 months we were clear and that same thing we applied with the workday as well you know that's the same approach we applied um, so you know i was talking about most people would get started with oh i want to do payroll i want to do benefits enroll no we looked at how can we get the information at the fingertips of people who want to use it mm-hmm. because the prior to that we didn't have the capability yeah one of the things if I may if you indulge me at the story you know I as a head of the uh, as a head of the banking retail banking I do go around the branches and it's very hard with my memory failing memory to remember <laughs> you know all the 38 people all the 38 branches and eight people in need br- you know eight person branch and you can do the math and we do have job rotations and and, and turnovers and things like that. Uh, so earlier the conversation was I would shake hands and uh, by the time I go over there, that person might have gone or whatever it is. So it's very hard to to remember. And you know, the purpose of going over to the branches as an executive is they need to kind of say, okay, this person is accessible. It, it, yeah. You know, he shows interest in my, you know, my work, my personal circumstances, things like that. So with Workday, you know, I do have an app the first thing that I do is before I enter a branch, you know, go into look into the app, yeah. and it's got, you know, everybody talks about 360 degree view of the customer, but it's not the 360 degree view of the employee, right? Mm-hmm. I can drill down to the to the the performance form and see some of the comments that they might have given in response to their their manager's feedback, and I specifically ask the question of, what do you think about that? Yeah. 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 So that is a lot more powerful in establishing the rapport and connection for all the managers and more than saying, oh, I'm able to do the uh, benefits enrollment or, or some procedural stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think the people engagement is clearly the should be the motive and that should be the one that's leading the implementations of these platform rather than operational reasons.
0: Yeah. There was a. Uh Earlier today, uh, you know, we we were here at Workday Rising, and there was a a panel discussion involving some of the C-level executives from Workday, and a couple of them said uh, that they use, you know, Workday HR, and they said that the Workday people are just brutal uh, critics of the system, you know, anything that they don't love, you know, all the executives, we hear about it.
1: yeah so uh, and, and I think uh, that that's where the advantage is uh, we I want to say we are at the same level of the financial information but we are getting there we're not okay. there yet we're in the process of doing it yeah
0: yeah so Ganesh look ahead a little bit when mm-hmm. you do get there what will be different What will you be able to do then that you're not quite able to do yet Well from a workday perspective or yeah with the financials and then overall okay
1: as I said the you know the bank, transformed itself in terms of its its outlook and its strategy right so you know it's not just a marketing speak we have we practice that so in order to do so we've demolished a lot of institutions that were there inside the organization such as you know the organization structure was a very business unit product business oriented business unit but we have now what we call as a retail channel you know taking care of the channel which is more customer centric and the and the organization that i head which is a retail channel has everything that needs to serve the customer from top to bottom mm-hmm. including technology you know mm-hmm. um, so it's not to say we are creating another silos but it's orienting ourselves more towards the customer and we can be responsive to 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 serve the customer base Part of the puzzle is obviously the workday and the integration, you know, that it provides between the financials and human resources. So not only, you know, at the decision, when we make more decisions at restructuring, let's say the branch to have instead of eight people with different roles, we have four people with, you know, totally different roles, as you said, to do value add transaction. Everything that you need to go through in terms of setting up uh, performance objectives, having quarterly conversations for feedback mm-hmm. sessions, monitoring the performance—those things happen through the platform at this point in time. So, yeah. what could happen in the when we have the financials fully done? Well, the financial aspects of it would come into play, right? Okay. So right now, it's not there. One—it's one of my goals to use Prism, which is what they have as a data warehouse solution, is to bring banking oriented data so you have this one single repository that will not only have people data yeah. and also the financial data which workday provides but i would like to bring in the the banking data And the business data so we can have one repository to look into and I think that's going to be powerful and hopefully we get there sooner than later yeah you know it's it's just been sort of the holy grail for most of the banks to have that one source of
0: information so yeah I remember the first time I heard somebody use that term a single instance of truth yeah and I remember when I first heard it I said well I will not go as far as saying truth, but uh,
1: <laughs> representation of uh, right. reality.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How you bring a nice philosophical uh, mm-hmm. perspective on things, Ganesh. That's, <laughs> yeah, representation of reality. Okay, until we get a better representation <laughs> exactly. of reality. Exactly. But, you know, the what you said a couple minutes ago about the, the reorganization, I think with a lot of the digital transformation research that i look at companies i talk to if you look at some, say well we're struggling with this or so that the ones that seem to be doing it really well the sort of the, the first step is as you said before the company was organized to suit certain yeah. perhaps old-fashioned company issues or structures they weren't necessarily oriented toward the outside world the companies that are being successful in remaking themselves put the customer dead center And then, okay, how do we organize ourselves around that? And as you've been saying, not just around the customer, but around the high value or value-added parts of that customer.
1: Yeah. So... I think we realized that quite some time back. A lot of people would listen to this and say, hey, you went from one silo structure to another silo structure, Mm -hmm. but we basically say, well, if you want to call that a silo, that's fine, but at least I'm more responsive to the customer, right? But there are common parts of the organization, so I see that as a sort of a lattice work of, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, because, you know, the more silo you create, more inefficient you become. But whereas what we've done, so in the common, you know, shared services area, like for IT, or typical failing of an IT is they are too far removed, not very responsive, Mm -hmm. they don't know business. You know, you might have heard this 10 excuses or or complaints about IT, and then you go on the IT side and they would tell you 10 things about the business, Mm -hmm. right? So we went through the same thing too. I mean, we have the same problem, we're not any different. So recently we started looking into what we call as the competency centers. And for the first time, because the velocity of change that you need to do is not exactly the same as what it used to be. Because Mm -hmm. earlier IT can say, give me the specifications and I will look into it for three months (laughs) and I will do something. And uh, you know, it reminds me of a Dilbert comic one time i read the strip which says the managers i forgot you know he says so start programming this i'll go find out what they want you know (laughs) know? (laughs) so 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 what we do is uh, this competency center we brought in people who are motivated who know about the business and the processes and at the same time we brought in technology architects who are good gatekeepers and guardians of you know, what should not happen to prevent fragmentation of, uh, you know, yeah. technical landscape and creating spaghetti architecture and things yeah. like that. So that's a, that's a sort of path that I want to, I'm just testing it out right now, but I want to implement that, that way we become more agile. I think the important thing to me is that the responsiveness to change uh, from an organizational perspective is much more shorter cycles. Yeah. So we used to have good IT team. IT team, our IT team is very capable of implementing large scale projects, which span over more than a year or whatever it is. I don't want to demolish that, but what I want to create is the organizational capability and the nimbleness to to respond to mm-hmm. short, continuous changes. Mm-hmm. And that we lacked. And I think that's most of the times. I think that's where the technology fails. Yeah. You know, it's not that they're not good at driving projects. They're very good at that. But it's the sort of, you know, the more continuous change, the evolutionary change. I think that's what organizations do lack.
0: Yeah, and Ganesh, I was always baffled when you would hear uh, CIOs say, well, uh, you know, the job of my organization is to support the business. I just think that's deadly, right? Because the first thing you're saying is you're not part of the business. You're detached from it. exactly. So what are you then? You're a cost center. Well, yeah. You know what happens at cost centers? Exactly. And uh, I always imagined it too, like at a holiday, you had the kids table and the IT folks seemed to- Be all this on the kids. the kids table. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we, we will be told what to do by the grown-ups at the big table, and they'll give us a plan, yeah. and we'll raise to try to keep up, but we're trying to play catch up. And especially today, as you've said, with how quickly things are changing, the expectations yeah. are rising. From customers so uh, and I was asked
1: the same question uh, in one of the forums that I was uh, how did you decide how did you convince the CFO that we want to go you know you had IT and how did you convince the CFO that you want to make this implementation and, and invest and I said uh, all it took me was a five-minute conversation uh-huh. and I said, how is that possible because you know i had both it and finance at the same time so yeah. it was easy to convince <laughs> me so but that's just a joke <laughs> but but going back to your point the bank i uh, i think it's a very you know very successful bank in adapting technology uh, both ceo myself have believed technology is what's going to make the difference yeah um, you know, as part of our strategy, as a business strategy, we ride on the bus of the technology yeah. to deliver the services. And unless technology takes a driving position, which you know, in so many cases, either you know, the bank was uh, you know, about ten years back, it did not believe that it can drive. You know, it can use a a technology-oriented strategy. But technology came out and took the leadership. You know, with me working with my my team came and said hey you know what if we bring the first uh, check deposit application uh, in Puerto Rico you know uh-huh. so we did that uh-huh. and we demonstrated that the other thing that we did was uh, we were the first bank uh, actually even compared to the United States we, we do have today capable if you uh, apply for a mortgage and we say okay go to this website and it will give you a Federal Express sort of tracking you know different mm-hmm. stages mm-hmm. applied processed you know pending yeah. documents and then finally, it says uh, schedule a closing time. Uh-huh. So you know, if you look at the mortgage process, it's one of the most anxious, anxiety-driven, uh, angst-driven process ever in in anybody's life. Yeah. I think they should not go through that, right? Yeah. So we make it little steps to sort of say, okay, here's what you, we expect, mm-hmm. and we'll keep you posted. You know, it's not that we can close the mortgage in 20 days. We got to go through these steps, but at least if we keep you posted. Yeah, you would stay and engaged, and you would feel, you know, less anxious about this process, right? So that was another way of technology driving the business, right? So I think the technology needs to take what business today is not enabled by technology. Yeah, right. Yeah. So if you, the most people, when you say, okay, I'll find out the requirements, that's wrong, as you point out, because I think it's the tech, because business people cannot think technology. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they don't want to change their business as well. It's not that everything is what they do is right. Yeah. So if you're going to hear from what uh, what they want, I think you're suboptimizing the value of technology in your organization.
0: Yeah. Ganesh, just as, as you were saying that point about what business isn't wholly dependent on it these days. There's a group of people and somebody says, so you're telling me the concrete industry is being driven by technology? Yeah. It Intelligent is. concrete. Exactly intelligent yeah. buildings you know all of those things how do you get the truck there a little bit quicker and how do you reduce tear? exactly tar- supply imp- chain
1: you know reducing material costs. you know you, you name it they, I I don't think there's any industry out there which is not touched by technology yeah. but the question of how are you going to use your technology to reinvent the business model that you have yeah I, I think that's what the key is if you continue any industry that is not facing competition or any firm that's not facing competition, I don't think they will adopt technology fast. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. on the other hand, you are you are put in a situation that you have to fight for the market share,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I think you would see the quicker adoption of technologies in those firms.
0: Ganesh, I gotta tell you, one of the most interesting discussions about technology, and this was at an uh, event I was at say 10 years ago but uh, there was a guy from the University of Michigan C.K. Prahalad, who said this is yeah, an incredible know, yeah. professor and he had you know CIOs CFOs CEOs from you know, biggest companies in the world sitting around a table like this now riveted and he was telling them the story about Build-A-Bear Mm-hmm. And he said, "You go in, and this bloody bear costs fifty cents. But by the time everybody <laughs> walks out with their bear, it's fifty, sixty dollars—at least that. And they have your child's birthday, and exactly. you know this, and this, and this, and on like that. So it's this willingness to put the customer at the center of things, the customer experience. And yes, the bear—was he put it—the bloody fifty-cent bear—is great. But it turns into an experience that is vastly more valuable." And interesting. And I think there the technology has that edge too, okay. but it also I think is the thing that unlocks the potential of people trapped in organizations where he said, Go sit at the kids table, go sit at the kids yeah. table. Somebody executive comes into my branch, he doesn't know my name, he doesn't really give a crap. I'm gonna go look somewhere else exactly. for something to do. So Or
1: call the secretary to print print a form and you can have only take two pages and yeah. you know, you don't know the So yeah, you're right, you
0: know. And there's so much to be to be done, but I think your outlook that you have seems to be typified by what you're doing there at the bank. Yes, there are challenges, but you are taking that that broad view. And the most important aspect of that
1: is obviously we want to be technologically advanced, right? But the problem with our size bank is we cannot play with the big boys, Mm -hmm. right? So I think the type of technology that we are now settling on are the ones that will enable smaller organizations to be nimble, to make the changes, to not rely on external resources, or to have a, a large IT department of 100 people, you mm-hmm. know, programming. Uh, these are the kinds of things that we are trying to avoid. We had external resources in the previous applications that we used because it was fragmented, it, it required a lot of programming. We eliminated those things. Mm-hmm. But we have in, in, actually in human resources, not that we had headcount resource uh, savings, but in human resources, we have more business partners yeah. that work with business teams on their operational issue aspects of it: how to manage people, how to you know strategically play a role. So you, you see, the role of the in the department has changed, which yeah. sort of mimics what I was t- talking to you about the role of the bank in, in with the with yes. our consumer. Yes, we're not mainly dealing with check cashing. Uh, you know, locking the card, unlocking the card, or whatever, reissuing the card, or yeah. you know, printing checks for you. But we want to aspire yeah. for other things. So so the, so I think this is sort of a little inside-outside, you know, it's a sort of the same philosophy that we are trying to, to pursue.
0: So Ganesh, here at Workday Rising, there's been, you know, a lot of talk about uh, AI, machine learning, and so on like that. Is that an exciting prospect for you? Yes, it is, uh, but
1: I think AI, um, when was the first time you heard the term AI? Uh, in 1960s, right? So what is it different this time? I think it's not a science project anymore. Uh-huh. Uh, at the same time, in my opinion, but for very few organizations, commercial enterprises like banks, it really is not artificial intelligence. It's basically heuristics based uh, different rules and you have the ability to refine the rule as you go and it's there is a little bit of self learning so to me if somebody says artificial intelligence, please don't consider that as what we talked about back in uh, 70s <laughs> or, uh, you know, there's not going to be an Android robot, you know, uh, which, uh, so I think artificial intelligence is a lot of uh, rules about the business and understanding, making sense of data. Mm-hmm. There are certain areas that is it's applicable in. Like for instance, we have a huge amount of data about the, the loans that we have done over the years. And buried in that data is why loans go back mm-hmm. the existential question of any banker mm-hmm. right we are you know there we think that AI can be applied to parse out but there's no guarantee that past circumstances yeah. would exist again like for instance if somebody said 2008 financial crisis is gonna happen exactly like that well you can really say okay the first part of the statement is correct which is there is going to be a financial crisis yeah. at some point in time but this the situations that leading up to it is not exactly the same yeah. so that's what the don't quote me on this but the regulators would make law you know regulations to prevent that one <laughs> right. right you know the yeah. um, yeah. <laughs> things don't exist exactly so state. so mm-hmm. ai to me is helpful um, but i'm not holding my breath mm-hmm. it's buzzwords a lot of marketing speak machine language machine learning ai i think you know if you take it with a pinch of salt and take a very practical approach of, let me use that for dissecting the data because history is a good teacher of yes. uh, for what to avoid and what to what to pursue yes, right so so from that perspective yes but i do not see I used to work for Gartner and Gartner Group, sure. so they they always publish this uh, for any piece of technology that's coming up mm-hmm. a hype cycle. Uh, <laughs> I think we are we've gone to the extent that the height of the hype and we're probably <laughs> dripping down to the uh, the trough of uh, disillusionment yes. is what they call, it, right? So so we are getting there. Uh, we we soon the reality would be there are areas AI can be applied. Yeah. but uh, we're not holding yeah. our breath.
0: Yeah, I thought that some of the things that they showed with PRISM and some of the things going on here are specifically applied to where you, you flip the model, and right, of having mobs of people go hunt for the data to find it, then to try to think, what can I do with this? Instead, can one of the first steps in this be push the right data to the people so that people can do what people are good at, which is think. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And You're, That could be a start. Exactly. I try to be an. Uh, so that's
1: where we are looking at prism too, to okay. sort of you know push the data, whatever they say, timely, you know, appropriate, and whatever at the hands of the people, right, right place, right time, yeah. So that they can make their decision rather than making the decision on behalf of them. The, on the other hand, uh, I think a lot of customer service tasks could be automated. Mm-hmm. You know, people like don't like. Automated robots, but but I think there it holds a lot of promise. I do think that they will get better and better. There's no reason why we should not start experimenting, but we should be cognizant of the fact that if the you know you're not able to handle it in an automated way, you should still have the people behind it yeah. to take over. Yeah. And a lot of companies do miss that point, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, so so we are internally uh, sort of looking into an initiative to see how we can deploy customer service robots, chatbots. And that's the one area that I would be interested
0: in. Ganesh, this has been a great conversation. Thanks so much for your time and insights. And many thanks to all of you for joining us here on Cloud Wars Live, where we explore the unfolding adventures digital business, digital life, and how these are profoundly changing the way we live, work, play, and experience the world. I hope to join us for other episodes of Cloud Wars Live. Please share your feedback with me at bobevinspa at gmail.com. Thanks again and we'll see you next time.